Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at CAMH.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Too Asian. Too Asian? Yeah, I don't know how to inflect there. You know what I'm talking about. That was the super classy headline to a McLean's article back in 2010 that was looking at Asian students in Canadian universities. It was actually not. It was actually told from the perspective of... uh, white students in Canadian universities. It was the heartwarming tale of two Havergal students, two girls at an elite private school here in Toronto who were looking at their options for post-secondary education and uh, and finding their choices just way too Asian. There were too many of these Asian kids making it hard academically. They were tough to compete with. They were no fun to party with. The story offended many people, uh, largely because it was very offensive. And it was widely condemned by most, not by Margaret Wente and Barbara Kay, who argued that at least this opens up the conversation. It was a conversation starter about international students in Canada. After all, there, this is a huge thing. There are almost 300,000 international students studying in Canada. The universities and the government are working to double those numbers in the years ahead. 
And the argument was, let McLean's off the hook here. At least they got us talking about this. I'm not sure that they did. I've been Googling the coverage of international students in Canada since the McLean's controversy. And the effect that it seems to have had is to make uh, our news organizations really, really careful to say nice and positive things about international students in Canada and just how great the whole situation is. Uh, National Post headline, Canadian schools home to the world. Globe and Mail piece about how Canadian schools are helping international students to fit in. CBC, foreign student fees in Canada, competitive. And McLean's revisited the topic to ask a different question than to Asian. The new question was, how do international students feel about Canada? And the answer to that question, McLean's found uh, pretty great. They feel pretty great uh, about Canada. And I have to admit, I did not really question those stories. I basically accepted the picture that they paint, which is that this is, you know, it's a win-win situation. You've got a rising middle class in China and India. You've got parents who want to give their kids the best and finally have a little bit of money to do so. And we have first-rate universities and colleges here in Canada, internationally respected institutions. And uh, and so why not? It's really good for the cash-strapped universities because they charge two to four times as much for these international students as they are able to charge intuition from Canadians. So, you know, good for us and good for these international students who now have access to the fun undergraduate experience that we spoiled kids enjoy here in North America and uh, and leave with credentials that are going to help them in their careers. That made sense to me, and it's not a topic that I really gave a lot of second thought to. So uh, why am I Googling it now? Why am I talking about it now? It's because of an email I recently received from a Canada Land listener, Avanish Agarwal, who tells a very different story of what it's actually like to be an international student studying here in Canada. I had never heard before the things that Avanish was telling me about what it's like for him and uh, and people like him. And uh, I actually realized that I had never heard this story told from the point of view of the international student. And I wanted to hear that story, so I invited him here. And uh, the guy, I mean, first of all, he's just kind of a fascinating dude. And the stuff he told me just totally changed how I think about this topic. And you're going to hear that all in a moment. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems... And just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. 
They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. It's a new year, so why not get your shit together? Why not start using FreshBooks.com, my exclusive sponsor, who provide painless billing, cloud accounting. If you're a small business, if you're a contractor, if you're a freelancer, if you're like me, then use this thing to get your affairs in order, to bill your clients, to keep track of who owes you what, of how much you made, to make the whole process easy and organized and take a lot less of your time. Check them out, freshbooks.com. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from India, Mumbai. How old are you? I'm 24. A lot of international students here, the tuition is so high. Yeah. It seems like it's people who uh, come from some means and some affluence back home. I'm uh, just curious where you're coming from. Yeah. So, no, my, my mom is a professor. Uh, she teaches at Mumbai, University of Mumbai. And uh, my dad has his own business. Uh, if I ask for the money, they can afford my education. But honestly, my background is more orthodox family. Uh, from age of 21, I haven't asked anything from my mom and dad. Yeah. Because their concept is... Uh, Avnish should join family business and uh, he should do the family business uh, and take ahead the family business. What's that the family is business? Handicrafts. We have a factory in Rajasthan, Jaipur. So we manufacture and we export. Uh-huh. So they were opposed to uh, me working in the beverage industry. They didn't want it from the beginning that, okay, you should not work this. Uh, it's related to alcohol and Hinduism doesn't say this and that. But I got away from all the stuff that all the traditions that they <laughs> Conservative say, traditional everything, expectations, everything. professional, you know. Yeah. All right, I'll summarize some of your background stuff for our listeners. You told me earlier that you started a business, um, a beverage consultancy in Mumbai, and that uh, is ongoing and, and you, you continue to manage it with your partners through your iPhone and that pays for your education. And you, you first left it... To go to Germany uh, to do what? A food and beverage assistant manager. For- but you ended up coming back to Mumbai after Germany. Yeah, I uh- ended up coming back to Mumbai. Uh, well, because of a girlfriend. Okay. So, uh, yeah, she was like, "No, you have to come back." And uh, if you're you're staying far away always. But now so, you're here. So what um, happened with that? No, she got married. Uh, when I went back to Mumbai, within uh, two or three months, uh, it was a heck of a story. Then the, she was like, no, you're not giving me time. You're a changed person and stuff like that. That's rough, man. Yeah. You came back from Germany for her. Yeah, for and her. Then, and then, yeah. Sorry to hear that. That's okay. It's a fast. And you had already gotten your bachelor degree in yeah. Mumbai studying food yeah. and beverage industry. Well, basically, I have done this, most of the subjects that they're offering. I have already done it. I got exemption from the most of the subjects. I have the education one level up from this, but... Just to add on, and, and I wanted to know North American industry, how it works. Let me try to understand this because yeah. you have an actual university degree yeah. in this field. Yeah. Yet you decide to come to Canada years later. Yes. To study Mine. at a diploma level. Yeah. Probably with people younger than you. Yeah. And to pay how much a year to do so? 13350 Whatever that is, to, to a Canadian working at, you know, Canadian wages, it's much more for somebody coming from... Definitely. Yeah. There's much more. So... Exactly. Why would you do that? Uh, see, because I wanted to uh, 
learn more about North American market, as I mentioned before. Yeah. North American market is, they say, uh, second or third largest market in, in the whole world. Like the alcohol consumption and most of the brands comes from North America and America. Do you want to learn more about the North American market or do you want to work in North America? I wanted to learn and in, in order to learn more, you have to work. You know, this but, but, is but nice. what I'm asking is, are you trying to take that knowledge home with you to build your business in Mumbai? Or I think that there are a lot of people who come and maybe overpay for education here yeah, yeah. because it's a way, a foot in the door to live and work and exactly. be a resident of exactly. Canada. What I'm trying is I'm trying to pull my company over here. Yeah. And what I saw over here is you go to a Jack Astor's, you order a mojito, you get a half lime without muddled, nothing else, just dropped it in the glass. Come on, you're you're paying money and why are you drinking that shit? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to improve it. So, improve their cocktails, improve their industry standards. Are they teaching anything you didn't know at George Brown? Uh, in bartending, it's just basic, simple, classic cocktails, that's it. I know a lot of people who, when they were trying to make it as an actor or something, they took a bartending night course so they can make some cash as a bartender. A uh, cocktail movie. This is not where <laughs> you're coming from. This is not I'm coming from. Y you're... Thinking about this on a kind of entrepreneurial level, uh, exactly. and, and you want to break into the North American restaurant industry, exactly, and and, and live and work in so North America. So I got I got a strategy for doing this. When I came over here, I was having nothing. Yeah, no contacts, no backup, nothing, nothing. One of my friend Murat, we started this thing on Instagram called as a Food Toronto. What's it called? Food Toronto. Food Toronto on Instagram. On Instagram. If you uh, feature hip and most hip and trendy restaurants in Toronto, across all over the Toronto GTA area, every day a new picture from a new restaurant. In the beginning, we used to visit ourselves and click pictures and put it on the Instagram. Uh, now I get more than 2,500 hashtags every day. And uh, people who are going outside to eat, dine, they click pictures, they send it to us. We select from the best. And every day, 11 at the morning, we post a new picture. And we have more than uh, 6,700 followers in a uh, duration of five months. So why did you get in touch with me? Uh, I got in touch with you to discuss the problems that international students are facing. Okay, like what? Yeah, like people are coming from middle class background, lower class background, and they are taking bank loans now. So uh, before it was bank loan, now you have to make a GIC certificate, Guaranteed Investment Certificate with Canadian Bank. 10,000 Canadian dollars you have to deposit before you come over here. Plus, you have to pay your tuition fee. That is another one-year fee you have to pay in advance. So, you're, so whatever, what was it again? 13,000. 13, 13,000 so in advance. Yeah. So 23,000 is advance, which goes right behind your pocket before even you come here. Yeah. Right. Then you come here, then you hunt down for the accommodation. Now, there is another story behind this. Colleges don't help you out at all. There are student services are just for the namesake. Yeah. In Indian currency, I, I have to imagine you have to put a small fortune down. Uh, it's a big fortune, actually. One dollar is equal to, uh, in Indian currency today, is, it's 61.70 rupees. Uh-huh. So it's 61 times expensive. Yeah. I mean, you have to be reasonably wealthy or go into debt. Or your credit has to be good in the bank so that they can offer you loan for uh -huh. GIC. Do you have roommates? Uh, yeah, I have roommates, yes. And you're up at uh, Don Mills and? Shepherd. Don Mills and Shepherd. Yeah, just next to Fairview Mall, there are apartments. And and and, uh, uh, and you come downtown to King Street. Yeah, every day. Yeah. So uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, you have to come over here for the classes. So you get up at 5.30 and then come. That's not a problem. You know, traveling is not an issue. You know, you, if you have to achieve something, if you want to go and learn. This is just the way. This is, is just the way. You know, the, yeah. you can't avoid it. The main problem, fundamental problem is, if you are coming independently for a college and you expect something, you're paying huge amount 
you know and you look around there are lots of international students and the colleges are doing business from international students only you domestic students you will get really low level like out of 100 there will be 20 students uh, are domestic and 80 students will be international is that a fact it's a fact in your classes in my class also you're you're seeing like m- many international chinese majority of chinese philippines then uh, indians yeah uh, what what was the country vietnam these people come over here with an expectation that you're going to learn something and in order to concentrate on learning you have to deal with the other problems when you come over here you will see okay uh, this is what it is and you can't change about anything like what the situation is right you have to fight and you have to go all right everyone does that but when you have resources why don't colleges provide the resources to the students what kind of resources would make a difference for you um it it will be uh, see for the main reason is looking around for the place this is the most tough thing hunting down an apartment yeah you don't know craigslist you don't know kijiji when you come first in canada i started like this do you have any roommate do you want me my roommate right okay. can we hire an, uh, rent an apartment or something like that from that king street i reached at don mills i was hunting i was literally in uh, last year when i come over here it was snowing it was hell you have to struggle all right it, it sounds like a difficult experience it's it's certainly harder than anything i've ever had to do but it doesn't sound that different than the typical canadian immigrant experience it's not that different than what my grandparents had to do yeah except for a couple of fundamental differences which is a they didn't pay some canadian institution a fortune to be here and b once they were here They were here. They yeah. they lived here. They were uh, residents uh, working towards citizenship and and they were allowed to work. They had permits instantly, uh which does not seem to be the, the case with you. Uh, are you are you able to work? Is is that working out? Yeah, yeah, it's working out. I uh, I got a, a co-op in uh, Turtle Jacks which is located at Richmond Hill. Uh, t- Turtle Jacks, the chain restaurant. Yeah. Uh and I'm going to start working from 6th. Is that part of the program? It's a co-op, co-op placement? Yes, it's a co-op. So in a co-op placement from from your college, are those paid? Well, there, there is another issue now. Uh, I mentioned this thing. Uh, I asked this question in uh, Toronto Board of Trade Region meeting. And now, Lambton College. I will mention this name specifically. Why? Because Lambton College is offering same kind of a co-op, right? But they are getting paid outside Ontario. The students have gone over there. They got co-op in Alberta, Calgary, BC, Vancouver, and they are getting paid outside Ontario, not in Ontario. So that was also a question which raised by me uh, and you were uh, representing George Brown. I was representing George Brown at that the, meeting. At the Toronto uh, Board Re- Trade Region meeting. The Board of Trade and you're saying that interns who work in Alberta for in, in food and beverage they get paid. They get paid. But not here. Not here. And uh-huh. intern is going from here to Alberta. So here you're you're interning at uh, Turtle Jacks. Uh, where are other international students interning? Uh like Jack Astors, then you have other restaurants like Bohemir, Mid Bistro at Yorkville, everything. That's crazy, man. I mean, you're telling me that people are coming from India, from Vietnam, from China. They're they're spending must be something like twenty five, thirty thousand dollars when you add it all up. More than that, because groceries and you add everything to work unpaid, unpaid at, at Jack Astors. Yeah. Uh huh. What you will do? Tell me. That's why people are doing illegal jobs now. Now this is another story which I am listening. I have a roommate. I will not expose his name because it's kind of illegal. I have a roommate who's working fourteen hours a day. He is going to college from nine to twelve. One o'clock, he comes at home. He has his lunch, and then he goes out. Comes in the night time. I don't know when. What does he do? He works at the factory in Markham, and he's an international student. And he's an international student. And there are many like this. Many. What kind of a factory is it? Uh, like beer processing factories, the caps. Then you know the sneaker, sneaker chocolates. Yeah. Uh, they wrap it up. The wrappers that they put it up. That kind of work. That kind of work is happening. It's it's everything is happening. 
just behind closed eyes. Yeah, my eyes were certainly closed to it. I, I, uh, yeah. I guess I just mentally put the struggle of new Canadians in a separate category from the international students who you see in every post-secondary uh, institution in Canada. I, I didn't think they were having the same kind of uh, experience. I imagine that also happens in, in your industry, in the restaurant business, uh, under the table employment of international students. Yeah, it is happening in restaurant too. In downtown, it's happening. Lots of my Chinese friends are there who are working uh, in Chinese restaurants because I am Chinese, you're Chinese, you come to me, you say, I'm a student, I, have, I need to get a job, but I don't have a permit to work, right? So you will say, okay, fine. Uh, normally, we offer 10.25 for a student with a permit. I'll give you eight. How uh-huh. about that? Eight an hour. Okay, fine. I'll work. Because some international students do have work permits. Do, even I have work permit. Yeah. But only after six months you can work. Uh-huh. That's another story now. So if you come over here, you have to get 2.1 GPA minimum yeah. to apply for off-campus work permit. And then you get the work permit after one and a half month. That's also a 45 to 90 days process. So for, for seven months, you're offline. Yeah. You're not working anywhere. And you, if you're working under the table, if something happens to you on the job... Uh, that's not that's not employer's responsibility. Uh-huh. So under HR regulations, uh, human resource regulations, if something happens to you, if you fall down, if you have any injuries, if you're working in a factory and if something happens to you, it's your responsibility. Yeah. They will just keep their hands in there and they say, okay, bye-bye. When you're doing your co-op placement and your peers are doing their co-op placements, they're paying tuition during that period. Yeah. yeah. And they're not getting paid. So they're paying money to work at Jack even, even, yeah. And at hotels. And- now, in this duration also, for the fourth semester, my co-op is going on. I'm not going to attend college any anyway. Like, I'm working for 25 hours a week. There is no tuitions. Like, there are no classes happening. Still, we are paying fees. Yeah. For the fourth semester. For what? Uh-huh. Nothing. I mean, I don't understand this whole concept. Okay, you're not coming to college. You're not using college services. Why are you paying? Well, why are you paying? If I stop, they will kick me out. Uh huh. What happens when you graduate? Are you going to be able to work here afterwards? Yes, yes. Uh, you get three years work permit. Your academics is good. Everything is perfect. And then you can apply for work permit. Employer has to sign. And he will issue an appointment letter. Then you go to CIC, Canada Services. They will issue a work permit for three years. You can work for three years in this country so that you can build the foundation for your status like immigrant or PR, whatever you're going to apply for. A PR, that's a, a permanent residency. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a long process. It's a long, it's a five-year process. Yeah. It's a difficult five-year tough process. But first, I believe for six, seven months is the toughest one. Because yeah. uh, you don't know anyone. Imagine you're, you're like in the forest, lost. Yeah. There are two sides of a coin, you know. You cannot deny that for a fact. There is a good thing, there is a bad thing. So it's tough. It's experience is tough. Everything is tough. You have to make your own choices sometimes. You cannot You cannot just run away from all these things. These are the problems which you cannot solve in like snap. No, it doesn't happen like that. I, and it's not so much, I think, I think there are a lot of people who would say like, well, you're not a Canadian citizen. What do we owe you? You know, but you are paying. Taxes. <laughs> That's another, and, that's right. another. Now, uh, three days, no, not three days I mean, you're before. paying the institution. Yeah. And you're paying taxes. Everything. Yeah. And now the insurance, what they're offering. This is another whole, a bunch of story. I never used it. I never needed it. But uh, last two, two weeks before, I fell down and I broke my tailbone. Uh-huh. So it was a hair crack in tailbone. tailbone. So now what is the procedure that you have to go and pay first and then you claim? 
budget. You, you have to pay for your First. medical expenses out right. of your pocket. Right. And then you then can you claim, claim against insurance that, I mean, you're not covered under OHIP. So no. you're paying your own medical insurance while yes. you're here as well. Exactly. I was not able to walk. So I called the ambulance, 340 bucks uh-huh. if you call an ambulance. Then you go to the hospital and then you have to pay before you get even treatment. I was in grave pain. I was not I was not in my senses and there was nobody with me. Uh, one of my friends came late. So he paid the bills and I was sitting over there on a wheelchair and I was not able to sit. I told them I'm not able to sit. Give me something, Advil, morphine, something like that. Yeah. And they are like, no, we cannot give you any kind of medication before you sign the form. And then and only then we will treat you. They wouldn't give any pills until you sign Nothing. How much is it costing you per year to be here total? Have you figured that out? Including rent and stuff like yeah. that? All the college and tuition fees? It's more than 30000 Uh-huh. More than thirty. So what's going to have to happen for it to be worth it for you in the long run? The main motive why people come over here is to get a PR card. You know, at least for me, a permanent resident, a permanent card. resident card. Yeah. You have to be, because Canada is offering everything for a citizen. You yeah. Know? You have lots of, lots of uh, benefits you get. So back home, you get benefits. It's not like that you don't get benefits. Yeah. But my main motive is to get, is to settle down over here first. And secondly, to improve the industry that I'm working for. Because as you, the, the main motive behind you starting Canada Land was to, focus the media and to change something, bring some revolution in your industry, right? That, that was your focus. So the main focus behind me coming here, starting Food Toronto, working for the guy who, uh, who I met, I want to improve the standards. Yeah. I have seen it and I don't like it, what, what I do. And it's, in, it's my passion. If you say something, yeah, this is wrong. And if I go there and try to improve it, just saying is easy. Just try, go and try and improve it. It's so intense what you're describing, Avanesh, and it's. Um, I think it's not something that people can ignore because, like, we need you. Yeah. We, we we need international students. Our universities, our colleges. I think they would collapse without that income, and you you, you can't take people's money like that and and ignore what their actual expectations are and whether or not that's compatible with reality and understand that. You know, you, you can't get your work permit for seven months. You're forcing people into dangerous, under-the-table employment. It's just a very vulnerable population. I, I, I hadn't really considered. I always thought just a, a, a lot of kids uh, taking advantage of, of our wonderful schools uh, who come from affluent backgrounds and, you know, take that education back home with them. It, it's not what you're telling me. That That's uh, – that's not what's in my head. And, and I've been looking at the headlines of how international students in Canada are covered since I got your email. And <laughs> what you're telling me is not uh, the story that's getting told. It's hidden. It's hidden. It's yeah. Everything is hidden. You know, it's in the black box, yeah. you can say. And if you are in the situation, you go inside that box and you stay there for a long, long time because your employer doesn't pay you. You know, he will pay whenever he wants to. It's not like month to month or bi-weekly you get salary. Like you, it's not like that in this business. You're at their mercy. It's, it's you're at their mercy. They will pay if you are, go and ask for the money. They will say, okay, come back later. I'll, I'll pay it to you. Like I've, we have done shitty things. This is this is an industry where you have to uh, you know, uh, it's it's see that you just can say see the glamour from outside, but from inside it's all dirty. Yeah, you got to make your bones. You got to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not about the hard work, you know. It's not about the physical work. It's about the mental tension that you get every day. I got to tell you though, it's so funny. If working as like a barback at Jack Astor's or the keg is something that like a Canadian kid will do, like work during their summers. Yeah. Uh, back, back from yeah. college, and you're talking about like coming over, paying thirty thousand dollars a year, and then working as a barback and not getting paid for. Not that. getting paid for. Uh huh. And on the letter also itself. Now I expect something from colleges also. You know. 
the cover letter which they give it to us it is mentioned that the position is unpaid yeah now that cover letter you take to your employer he will see and if you have a off campus work permit then also he will give you a co-op as a unpaid because it's mentioned on the letter head of the George Brown that it is unpaid position George Brown is telling future employers that you'll work for free yeah Uh-huh. That is what the, I can show you my cover letter. I'll scan it to you and send it to you. It's unpaid. When I saw it, it was like, oh, what is what is this? Are they making kind of joke or something? <laughs> I mean, they have to know. Like George Brown can't pretend that you're you're here uh, working under those conditions and spending all that money to learn how to make a mojito. I mean, they they have to know that students like you are are, are trying to get a foot in the door to to actually uh, find gainful employment and live and work here. I mean, you, you think that part of the package that they're offering you would be would be to try to expedite that and. Uh, and they're your partner in that exactly i don't complain about the professors over here they will help you out you email them whatever problems you will get an response within 2 hours yeah that is that is how they efficient they are i don't complain about the professor i don't i, I complain about the system you know so what could change with the system system is like see you are like you are running your whole you know firm on the basis of international student right? yeah university of toronto is charging 40000 for one semester Forty thousand Canadian dollars. Can you imagine? It's it's like five, ten times multiplied by something in in other countries. Yeah, yeah. So people are paying that money. I paid, I think, something like three grand a, a semester when I went to university. Wow, you see. <laughs> yeah. This is much huge chunk of money is going from my pocket, from everyone's pocket, and this is the dark side of the, you know, the story. And the positive side is when I was in India, when I apply, when I thought about applying. I saw every beautiful things like you know the things which you see in friends or uh, other other uh, TV series like it's a college life yeah you go rent a locker you know <laughs> this is what this is what I saw it and they I They had the photos of the people with different yeah. colored skins all smiling together yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and like, hanging out on campus yeah, yeah hanging yeah. out and then sitting studying chatting right, right, and right, stuff right. Oh man, when I came here it's like come on this is not what I saw one concern in my field with the journalism schools mm-hmm. is that they are graduating an exponentially higher number of students into the field than there are jobs for mm-hmm. what happens in your field it's like a rat race yeah. you know uh, you open the gates of a uh, cage and all rats run for the cheese mm-hmm. this is what happens and not everyone gets the job yeah half of them go home back because they are not getting a job I have a friend who is Korean and uh, I know him from long time he's in my batch uh, so his name is Kenny because of him I got introduced to the Korean culture yeah so he's also trying to go back home and his friends are also saying like yeah we'll go back home again so let's say 30% is gone now remains 70% now in that 70% your academic score is less uh, you don't get jobs you start working in McDonald's and stuff like that and then you eventually grow up and become a floor uh, like a store manager or something then you can apply for the pr next of the people for example girls they get easily jobs so if you're good looking you're smart you can talk front of the house front of the house done yeah. boom hired hostesses yeah hostesses waitresses. then uh, uh, waitresses then people who are interested in kitchen they get hired not in ontario i've been i have seen like people trying to get a kitchen job like they want to work in kitchen food production but they don't get it so they go to alberta Yukon states like where people are demanding like they right. are demanding demanding people they want people to work for their companies yeah so people will spread out over there so rest of the people who are working who try to works in the bartending industry who wants to be in beverage industry they have number of choices over here 
you can start working in jackasters anyway you will get hourly uh, uh, statement over here so you get 20 hours a week or 25 hours a week depending upon the situation like in winters you don't get much in summers you get lots of hours to cover yeah so it's like rat race you know everyone is running for the so you're job. talking about the hours not a, from a money point of view but you need to work a certain amount of hours to get your permanent residency is that yeah it is there it is there uh, yeah. i don't remember the exact figure it's something 1064 or something uh-huh 960 or 1064 hours you have to work then and your minimum wage uh, wage in that particular duration has to be more than $20 more than $20 more than $20 so you're yeah. at the mercy of some manager at a chain restaurant as to whether or not this exactly. the whole expense the whole expenditure and years of your life was worth it because ultimately if your goal is permanent residency in Canada then that's going to be a determining your factor your minimum salary has to be around uh, 3500 Canadian dollars per month aha uh-huh. then only you can apply and that for 960 hours you have to be on the that position you don't have to be changing jobs or yeah for like 960 no. hours you you have to have the same job in the restaurant business it's a shaky business right i mean you might have to get a different restaurant job for, through no fault of your own it's it's quite a gamble it is a gamble it is a, you see on dandas you will see a restaurant uh, opening within 6 one that restaurant is gone yeah where did it go how it happened no one knows about it yeah. media is not covering nothing is happening because these are small restaurants small chains you know you have two three restaurants you are an entrepreneur you are a you are a restaurant tour operator now what happens to you 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 are bankrupt what what do you do next nothing you go home mm-hmm. bye bye canada right and and that's the 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 situation you're in that's the 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 pressures that you exist under getting up at 5:30 your studies this job uncertain future and in the midst of that you get involved with toronto's social media foodie scene launching this this food toronto thing on instagram and you got thousands of followers and and restaurants are coming to you looking looking for coverage whole experience behind food toronto was to get in touch with the owners of the restaurant now what they're doing is they are sending me emails and telling me that you promote our dish in your food profile we will give you food vouchers arrange something that is uh, you know a kind of a competition like and we will give you the uh, some kind of reward i don't know what that reward means you know is it a cash reward or is it is it a voucher or coupon or something like that <laughs> they're trying to promote because people are watching you know if i say something over there against oliver bonuccini jump restaurant people are not going to go there well, i have <laughs> i have a huge army of people like 7000 people are watching by my words you know what me and murad is saying They're watching it. Welcome to the media business, and they're and they're offering you free burgers if you'll. Uh, they're, they're offering you payola if you'll if you'll promote their dish. I don't want to do that. Come on, <laughs> Oliver. Have you been to Oliver? You have been. You must have been to O and B. To an Oliver and Balconcini restaurant. Yeah, yeah. cup many times. Like you've sure. been to many times. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like at all. Yeah, their food is shit. I don't scare. I don't. I don't fear about saying this in open public media. <laughs> yeah, because it is shit. I mean. What do you get? Tuna fish like this small portion. The portion size is not regulated. Nothing else. Yeah. You go to go to O and B. You just go look. Okay, trendy waitresses <laughs> coming. Yeah, that's O and B. There is another profile. I don't know if they're listening or not. There is another profile. Uh, Taste Toronto. Let me take the name. Okay, fine. Okay. So uh, these people were trying to nudge us down in the beginning. Taste Toronto. You're, you're the competition. See Instagram and social media, Twitter. You can pay and you get followers, right? There are some website where you pay and you get followers. Yeah. So there are some websites. Yeah, you pay for fake for box. Fake for box. Yes. So you open their profile and you check any of the profile member. Most of them are fake. Yeah. And with us, I don't want to defeat them or something, because we are doing an honest job. Yeah. Right. I am not paying to any website to get me followers. If I want to do that, I can pay five bucks. I get ten thousand followers. Yeah. 
doesn't mean anything because they are not active. Right. Right. So it's you're someone, trying to earn real people. Right. Right. Someone has to be commenting there. Someone has to be criticizing the okay. food. Okay. So that you're is saying what, the Taste Toronto has fake followers. Yeah, you can check it out. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, you can check it out. So this is what I'm trying to do, and my main motive, and Murat, my and Murat's main motive was to start this profile and to know, to get to know the people around. First motive was that. Second motive, now our main motive is to hunt down the best restaurants because they are not getting promoted. Yeah. You know, you have to pay a huge chunk of money to get your advertise up and running in Block Tio. It looks like you're doing food journalism, and you're trying kind to, of, kind of, yeah. You're trying to do f- credible food journalism where, if they get positive coverage from you, it's because they earned it. Uh, yeah, definitely. You can yeah. put it in this way, yeah. And then you got to figure out how to make money off that, which uh, uh, which I will, I will think about it. And <laughs> if you have any ideas, let's talk about this after the recording. <laughs> how did you find my podcast? Uh, I I listen to podcasts all the time. Uh-huh. So uh, I was listening uh, one podcast and I was checking which podcast new coming up and store. I was checking the iTunes store. Yeah. And uh, I sa- I saw Canada Land and I was like, okay, this is new. Uh, I have never seen something related to Canada before. Yeah. There are people who are talking like Bugle is there. So the British people have their own podcast. Yeah. And uh, Indian people have their own podcast too. We are doing pretty well. It's all India Bakchot AIB. Mm-hmm. AIB podcast and these people are also doing pretty get great and I was like okay there is no one from Canada who is doing podcasts related to Canadian market or issues or journalism something something has to be there so I was searching and I found you it keeps me thinking you're putting up the problems especially I like the show which was related to wireless right I, I can't imagine what your cell phone bills must be like running your business in Mumbai from your iPhone no one talk no one wants to talk about the uh, the bad side of the part you know so people are I have seen people are really really afraid or I can say they are afraid of media because there are lots of rules and regulations and policies that stuff you say and yeah stuff well, that's you put. true right because you're talking about like a few hundred thousand people who are here and they're putting their, you know, some of them, their life savings on the line to be here. They have every hope invested in staying here and they're disenfranchised. Like it's hard to like actually criticize or point out problems when you're kind of like you could get kicked out at any point in time. Yeah. Whole story is a gamble. And uh, one more point, you cannot visit your country when you are in that 960 hours duration. So if something happens to your family, Uh you cannot go back. Uh-huh. If you go back, you have to start again. Your hours will start counting again. The clock resets. <laughs> it seems like you have a lot of hoops to jump through, Avanish, to get where you're trying to go. Good luck. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's all I can say. Wow. Okay. That's uh, your show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Email me, please, with more story ideas of things I should be covering on this show at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I'm on Twitter at jessebrown. The website is canadalandshow.com. That's where I put up the videos and uh, there's a new one up there now. I make this show with help from Tanara Yelland. There will be a new episode up on Monday. If you like this show, recommend it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.